Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you, we're just, we're just reminded how, how kind and how patient you are with us. We, we think about that last song, God, as we just said that, that we're amazed that, that you get to be ours. We get to be with you and you're a treasure. And God, we're resting in promises, not on our performance, not on our good works, not even in our bad works. God, we're resting on what you did and your kindness and the promises you made to us. So I'm praying right now as we continue to worship, God, would you help us to hear those promises and rest in them today? God, you pray, I pray you'd make us a people that, that when we think about the promises you've made, we believe it and it makes our hearts sing that you are that strong and that kind and that thoughtful. God, we're grateful. I pray as we look at the word, God, would you give us ears to hear what you would say to us? God, I pray you would guide my mouth. You would guard our hearts from hearing false things. We'd only hear what's true about you and that you would work in our midst that you would help me to teach and help us all to listen. God, I'm praying that you would meet us here today. And I'm praying that all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, everyone, it is summer. Um, it is warm outside. And uh, I don't know how y'all are feeling about July, but it feels like July is halfway over. And I feel like the summer's about to be gone just like that. I don't know if that's how y'all are feeling right now or not, but that's how I'm feeling. Maybe it's because I got kids and I'm thinking about sending them back to school. And I'm like, where's the summer gone? We gotta, we gotta savor every moment of it. So we don't talk about school starting back in my house because my kids will mourn. Um, anyways, we, we don't need to get into that. I'm glad that you're here. It, it, it's always tough to come in the middle of the summer. So I'm glad that every single one of you have shown up here today. And I, I pray that it's gonna be worth your while. Uh, we're in Matthew chapter six. Uh, we're continuing our series on prayer. Let me remind you why we're spending this time in prayer. And, and here's why. I want you and me, I want all of us to have a real and serious and significant encounter with the one true God. I, mean, I, I want you to actually have experiences with him, not just theory. I don't want you to show up at church and go through religious duty and, and activity. I want us to have real encounters with God. I, I want us to see him work. I want us to see him answer prayer. I want to see him provide. I want our faith and trust to grow in him. I want each and every single one of us to have that real experience. And so as I think about that, I think about us encountering God. I know that it's going to happen. And one of those pieces is through prayer. You don't just roll the dice or set up a program for that. We've got to pray and spend time seeking him. And so that's, that's why we're doing this. And we've been, been spending some time on the Lord's prayer. Let me just read that to you so you can see where we've been and where we're headed. Matthew chapter six, verse nine says this. This is Jesus teaching people how to pray. And he says, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The verse we're focusing on today is verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now here's what I want to remind us. This is the first thing, the first part of the prayer so far, we've asked anything for ourselves. It's, it's the very first time we've said, hey God, I need this. The other parts of the prayer up to this point have all been about, God, you're our father and you're huge and you're holy. It's, it's all about his greatness. It's about worship. 
It's about this longing for him to come and fix what's broken. It's about his kingdom coming. It's about his will being done. Like almost all of this up to this point has been completely saturated in who God is and our longing for him to do what he does. That's, that's the first part of prayer. And, and that is an immediate contrast for me with how I've experienced prayer normally in church. Normally in church, prayer is almost 100% Here's my to-do list for you, God. Here's my wants. Here's my desires. I want you to get to work. It's like my, my shopping list for Santa. It's my, my honey-do list that I, I get as my wife is nesting right now. It's, it's my to-do list for God. We show up and we have tons of requests. And, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. God wants to hear our requests. We're going to look at that today. But my concern is one of the reasons I believe the church is so anemic in prayer is our prayers almost solely and exclusively. Here's what I want you to do. Here's my needs. Here's my needs. Here's my needs. That's okay to ask for needs. It's okay to have these emergency prayers going up saying, God, I need you to show up. But my problem is that so, so often our prayers are lacking worship and adoration and longing for him. It's almost exclusively give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. So I think, I hope one of the things we've learned in the previous weeks is, man, our attention, our gaze, our heart needs to look up to God with longing and worship and adoration. That, that, that has to be a regular part of prayer for us. Worship has to be a regular part of prayer. But, but there are times that we have needs and, and lots of needs. So let me read this verse again, Matthew 6, 11. He says this, give us this day our daily bread. Listen, that, I read that phrase and the first question I ask is, what is daily bread? Uh, if you grew up in church, you probably immediately think of a devotional that was a little pamphlet. Anybody do that growing up? Okay, awesome. If you didn't grow up in church, you have no idea what I'm talking about and that's okay. Some of the church people will tell you it's a little pamphlet you would get for free to, to do quiet time with. But, but one of the things that stands out is this would have been a very, everyone in the first century would have understood exactly what he was talking about. Many of the workers of that day lived hand to mouth. And what I mean by that is they would get up in the morning and they would go out and hope that they would find a day job. And at that day job, they would get paid at the end of the day in the field with, with cash and it'd be enough cash for them to go and get their daily bread, the, the food they had to live on. So every day they were getting up and saying, God, I need you to provide my food for today. And so they'd go out and look for a job and they would get that job and they would, they would eat. And then that night they would go to bed and say, God, I, I'm getting up tomorrow morning. I need you to provide my daily bread tomorrow morning. This was, this was a normal thing in the first century. They would have known exactly what this meant. And they were in a very dangerous spot. When you think about it, they didn't have sick days. They didn't have vacation. Like you get too sick and you can't work. And we got a problem real quick. Like very quickly, you got a problem. And it's not just a problem of how we paying rent. It's a problem on how we feeding ourselves today. Like this is, this is a huge thing. So he says, give us this day our daily bread. Immediately, all of the common workers of the day would have known exactly what that meant. That would not have been a foreign thing to, to them. But to us, that sounds foreign, right? Like, can you picture yourself in that situation? I think most of the world today could, but I think few of us in this room could actually picture that. We, we've maybe never experienced that type of uh, frailty and vulnerability. Uh, we might've experienced it at the beginning of COVID. You remember that nightmare, the, the toilet paper run of 2020, right? Like you were like, what are, what are we gonna do? Like if you were in that awful situation where you were trying to go to the store and they had no toilet paper and you were running low at the house, things are getting really uncomfortable around your house, right? 
or, or going to the grocery store and not having everything that we wanted or needed immediately available right on the aisles. You remember that nervousness that was going on in you? The anger at all the insane people that are making a run on toilet paper and you don't know why. It's not a stomach bug, people. It's a coughing bug. I don't, I don't understand this. Like that, That's probably the closest any of us in this room have ever been to to saying, God, I, I need my daily bread. I, I need toilet paper. Um, I need the right canned goods. I, there's no produce, right? But we're not, we're not used to that. We, we don't know that as a people. So when we hear something like, give us this day our daily bread, I, we're in a room today and I'm looking around and I'm surrounded by very competent people. You're competent. None of you look incompetent to me. You, you all seem capable. You're highly educated. You have tons of experience. Like for, for most of the people in this room, I'm looking around here saying, man, I don't know if any of us have ever tasted that type of need. And it's just kind of foreign to us. So, so I want to take this disconnect for us and I want to bring it to reality. What does it mean for us in this room? Because here's the good news about the Bible. When Jesus was teaching and giving us the word, it was not only for people in the first century. I believe it's applicable. Okay. I just missed that, messed that word totally up. It applies to us today. Let's do that. Okay. Rewrote the sentence there. Don't try to say applicable this early in the morning. It applies for all of us, even though it's 2,000 years old. That's the, that's the beauty of the word of God. There's, there's truth for us today. So how does give us this day our daily bread apply to a room full of competent, well provided for, I'm going to say grateful. I'm not going to call you, call, I don't think you're spoiled brats. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying God's met our needs. He's been generous. Do we, do we need daily bread? Uh, well, I believe the answer is this. Uh, let me read a quote to you from a guy named Martin Luther. This is the guy that uh, did the 95 or 99 theses on the door, started the Reformation. He said this about that phrase, our daily bread. He said, everything necessary for the preservation of this life is bread. He's really smart, uses big words. He said, everything, everything you need for life is bread. That's what he means by bread. A healthy body, food, good weather, house, home, wife, children, good government, and peace. He, he's saying, listen, when you're praying for daily bread, bread doesn't just mean only bread. It means everything that you need to live life. Like, like everything. It's, it's praying for all the needs of your life. Everything. So in other words, in this prayer, Jesus is not just saying, I think you know this, but he's not just saying, hey, only pray for food. This is not, hey, God, give me enough food for today. He's saying, listen, all your needs... Every need that you have to live life, you take it to God, all of them, whatever it is that you need, you run to God with it. And he says, he's saying, listen, I, I, I want you to run to me. And he's not saying that we're supposed to be uh, incompetent, lazy people. He's saying this to strong, independent people as well. He's saying it to you and me who are Americans that have grown up and we've learned to be self-reliant and independent, that the worst thing that could ever happen is we have a moment where we're in need. Right, the, the thought of having to ask for help. Does that panic anyone else in the room? Right? We, we've been trained. No, you don't, you don't do that. If you, if you have to ask for help, you did something wrong. And, and Jesus is saying, no, no, I want all of you, every single person to realize that you are way more needy than you know. I know we don't like that. 
but I want to show you how needy we all really are. Even the most competent and strongest among us, even the ones who have the, the biggest 401k accounts, or I'm not, man, I'm botching up words left and right. Let me just show you another verse. How about we do that? James chapter four, verse 13. Look, look at what he says to, to people who I think we would say we're stronger than we think we're stronger than we really are. He says this in verse 13 it says, come now you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. He said, listen, I want to talk to you. Those of you who are saying, we're going to go into this town. We're going to set up a business there. We're going to make a killing. It's going to be great. Verse 14, he says this, that you do not know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what tomorrow has. You got, you got these plans. You actually have no control over tomorrow or even today. He says this, what is your life? For you are a mist. Some versions say a vapor. You're a breath that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord lives, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. What's James saying there? He's saying, listen, you people, you go and you make these plans. He's not saying making plans is wrong. He's saying, listen, you make plans independent of God. Like you are the captain of your entire fate. Like everything rises and falls on your ability and your strengths and your wisdom and your awesome business savvy. Like you think everything rises and falls on you and all of your planning is done independent of God as if he doesn't exist, as if you don't need him. It says this, your life is like a mist, a vapor. It's, it's quick, it's short, it's weak and it's fragile. It's not strong. It's not independent. It's not self-sufficient. It's weak and frail. He's saying, listen, if we're the type of people that make plans as if it all rises and falls on us, as if we don't need God, we're arrogant and we're boastful. Listen, I'll take a moment. I don't want to beat you down too much, but I, I want to remind you how needy we really are. For example, who keeps your heart pumping and your lungs working? Our very life isn't even guaranteed. Who keeps me from having a stroke or getting cancer? My health isn't guaranteed. Who keeps my muscles even working? Like my back could go out at any moment. I think we've demonstrated that. Our strength isn't guaranteed, even for the young. Who keeps the stock market from crashing and the housing market from going under? Who keeps a sinkhole from forming in your front yard and wrecking your insurance? Man, my, my security isn't guaranteed. Who, who keeps my family from a car wreck? Who keeps someone from breaking into my house tonight? My security isn't guaranteed. My safety isn't guaranteed. My family isn't guaranteed. Who keeps my mind from breaking? Like My sanity isn't guaranteed. My, my mental abilities are not guaranteed. I could lose the ability for speech right now. Who keeps this country from being attacked or from being destroyed or from totally crashing and burning? Don't say Congress. I hope you wouldn't say Congress. My freedom isn't even guaranteed. Now, now some of you right now, you feel like, I, can we just take a break here? I need some medicine. I need a breather. I need a paper bag to breathe into because I'm about to have some serious anxiety right now. Everything feels out of control. Suddenly I feel really, really weak and frail 
and, and vulnerable. I, I feel exposed and I don't like it. Listen, I want us all to remember what, that prayer for give us this day our daily bread. It, it's a reminder that we all actually have a whole lot more need than we really want to admit. You're needy even when you don't realize it. You need daily bread. This is a call to live in complete and utter dependence on God. It doesn't mean it's wrong for you to work. It doesn't mean it's wrong for you to plan. But listen, if, you're, if your dependence is on your, and on your savings account, your retirement funds, it's going to be an awful experience for you. But if it's on God who gives us our daily bread, that's what this prayer is about. God, my needs, my needs are coming to you. I am needy and weak. I need you. I'm not as strong as I like to believe sometimes. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I got to experience one time is that uh, I started doing some mission trips. I was a mission pastor before I came here. And I'll, I'll never forget um, we decided as a church, we want to start looking into a thing called unreached people groups. I don't know if y'all have heard me talk about that, but unreached people groups are people that have the least gospel access. And uh, uh, a lot of these unreached people groups, they're unreached for a reason. They're hard to get to, and some of them are just a wee bit scary, okay? Um, and uh, when my oldest son was six months old, we took a trip, um, to a place that was a little intimidating is what I would say. We, we took a trip over to the Middle East um, and I was getting ready to head into um, a part of Afghanistan as part of that that had no military. Um, we had no weapons and we didn't really have a way out. The city I was going into was actually uh, surrounded by Taliban. And uh, um, I, I'll never forget, I didn't feel as nervous in the planning of it call me stupid. I don't know. I, I don't know why I wasn't nervous, but, but I remember, I remember there was like a moment where I was like, what, what am I doing? I'm about to leave a wife and a six month old baby to go to someplace. I don't speak the language. I've got no way out. This is the dumbest thing I have ever done. I don't need to get on the plane. I'm not, no peer pressure is big enough to get me onto that plane. Right? Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. And I, and I had this thing that was going on in my head over and over and over again. Like, why would I put myself at risk? And, and there was risk. I don't, I don't want to minimize that. And, and there was this thing that kept going on in my head. And it was this. Uh, the fear that was going on in me is that some guy would come and cut my head off. For no reason. And then this thing that kept popping into my head is I could walk out, literally, I could walk out to my car right now. And in the the walk from my office to my car, a guy could walk up and just shoot me in the head. I have the illusion of security I don't really have here. I'm just as vulnerable here as there. Now, granted, there's more people that want to kill me there, but that's another story. And I, I remember getting on that plane and um, I remember going to sleep at night being like, uh, hey, God, I, I really would like you to keep me, I would like to wake up tomorrow morning. I, I, even if someone, had, it's that nerve wracking thing when you show up at the people's house, like, okay, first thing I'm going to show you, this is where the safe room is. So if something happens, we go in, we lock it and we hope that they, they get to us in three or four days. Like, you know that moment? No, you don't know that moment. Maybe you do know that moment. Like that's not, the, that's not what I want to hear when I walk into stay in someone's house. Here's the safe room just in case we need it. And there's no 911. There's enough supplies for three or four days. We should be good. Like, oh, okay, this is, I like this. I like this. Uh, I need to FaceTime my wife right now and tell her I love her. Um, but here's what, here's what happened. Very quickly, I was aware of my need for daily bread. 
It, it was this moment that I realized I, I, there's no amount of self like strength, no amount of self-control, no amount of discipline, no amount of planning. None of it makes me safe. My life is literally in the hand of the almighty God and I have no way around it. I became very aware of what it means to say, God, give me my daily bread. And today my daily bread is just keep me alive. Man, that, that, that feels like this really real and raw thing when you, you wake up and you realize how dependent you really are. But, but it doesn't just remind us that we're needy. Here's something else that happens in this verse. When he says, give us this day our daily bread, it reminds us this, that he's my provider. Like he, he's not just this God that's, that's up there distant and removed and I'm weak and vulnerable and all alone. He's my father. He's the holy king of the universe who rules and is in charge of everything. And he wants to be my provider. Let me read something to you in Matthew chapter six. It's the same passage where we just did give us this day our daily bread. And, and I want to read verses 25 through 34. And as, as we're reading this, I want you to remember that our daily bread means that he's the one that provides it to us. Verse 25, he says this, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Don't, don't be anxious about that. Easier said than done, right? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Like, see what he's doing here? He says, don't freak out about all that you need. He's not telling them not to work. He's not telling them not to plan. He's saying, listen, as when the anxiety comes rolling in over you, I want you to remember this. God in heaven will meet your needs. He's your provider. Look at how much he provides for all the birds of the air. He says this, verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan of life? Listen, being anxious and worrying doesn't actually fix anything. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow, it's thrown into an oven. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what shall we wear? Verse 33, I'm going to skip down a verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I see he said a lot there, but, but here's what I want, I want you to remind you. God is saying, listen, I know you're going to have anxiety. Don't go down that path. You need to trust that I'm good and that I'll provide for you. Let me just highlight something for you. In this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount that we're going through a little bit right now, chapters five through seven, I want, I want you to see how much time he spends about trusting God. He spends three verses on lust. In the Sermon on the Mount, he spends three verses on anger and he spends 15 verses on anxiety and trusting God. He says, listen, why would he do that? Why would he spend 15 verses on anxiety? because he understands what it's like to be weak and needy. That's what happened when he took on flesh. So for those who get all upset because you're worrying all the time, welcome to the club. He's sitting there saying, listen, I, that's why in the Old Testament over and over and over, he says, fear not, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Like he very rarely talks about lust and almost always talks about stop freaking out and trust me. Right? So listen, if if you're feeling all wrapped up in anxiety, I I want you to remind yourself, yeah, do whatever you got to do to cope with it. But one of the things that we need to do, one of the things we add to our tool belt is saying, God, I need to look to you. I need to look up past my, my needs and say, I trust you. You're good and you provide. And I really need you to do that right now. Right? That, that's, that's just part of prayer that shows up and saying, God, I want to trust you. Look what else he says in Matthew chapter 7. Same sermon. Jesus is still talking about not worrying. Look at, look at how he talks about God being a good provider in Matthew 7 verse 9. It says this, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? For he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He, here's the point he's making. Listen, God doesn't, he's not just strong and distant and removed, and we're not just needy. He's a really good provider. So when you feel anxiety well up, because you realize that you're needy, I want you to run to a Father who's good and meets your needs. You run to him in prayer saying, God, I need you. I need you to meet my need and I need you to help me with what I'm worried about right now. But, but there's one other thing I think our daily bread highlights for us. It, it highlights our need. It highlights that he's provider, but it highlights one other thing. And, and here's the question that really stuck with me on this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. I asked myself this question. If I was praying to God and he actually met answered my request by only providing just enough bread for today. How would I feel about that? I want you to think about that for a moment. If God met your need and provided just, all he provided was just enough food for you to eat today, how would you feel about that? I think in reality, I think I know what my answer would be. I would prefer that this prayer said, God, give me this day $1 million in the bank so I can have lots of bread. I can live really comfortable and meet all of my family's needs and handle retirement. God, give me this day the Powerball winning or whatever the lot. I don't even know what the lottery stuff is, but if I did, God, I much prefer it to say that. Instead, he said, give me my daily bread. Give me just enough bread for today can't help but feel challenged by this. Not just that I'm needy and that he's provider, but there's something about this that's a call to contentment that I, I find elusive sometimes. I, I, I kind of want to ask, um, do you feel content with the abundant of, abundance of things that he's provided you? D.A. Carson says this about this verse. He says, the prayer is for our needs, not our greeds. Uh, man, he really wrote that well. That's why I wanted to rip it off. I was like, let me give him credit. Uh, he says, this prayer is for our needs, not our greeds. Like, this, is, this is not a prayer for a million dollars. This is not a prayer for, for a huge fat bank account and a huge awesome house. It's okay to have those things. But my concern is, are we content even if all he provides for us is just enough bread for today? You want to ramp up my anxiety? Put me in that situation. Then I really need God to provide and I really realize I'm needy and I really need him to show up, but I really need his help to make me content, satisfied, 
trustworthy if all he gave me every morning when I got up was just enough to make it through the day. Never seems like enough for us. There's a few warnings the Bible gives about this. Let me read these to you. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. He says this. This is the wisdom of Solomon. Remove far from me falsehood and lying and give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? That's the person that says, God, I, I provided for myself with these two hands. I'm the one that got up and work, went to work every day. I don't need God to do this. That's the person who's full and they deny God. Or they say, lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. See what Solomon is saying? He said, listen, God, don't make me too rich so that I don't feel like I don't, don't need God. Don't make me so poor that I have to steal and I get desperate so that I profane the name of God. Or he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. He says, but with godliness, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. And I, I'm challenged by this. At the, at the beginning of this sermon, I, I asked this question for all of us. I said, I looked around this room and I saw a lot of competent, strong, well-provided for people. And I know I'm coming into this sermon about our daily bread. And if anyone feels like the exact opposite of someone who needs just enough bread for the day, it's us. So I want to wrap up with this passage, Matthew, or 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul writes instructions for how Timothy's supposed to talk to the rich, to the secure, to the people who are well off, which is all of us in this room, I believe, says this in verse 17. I want you to listen to this. I want you to hear what he says. Now, remember what we saw in Matthew chapter 6 earlier. He says this, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. Don't get arrogant. Nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Don't. Don't put all your eggs in the basket of how much you've got because it's uncertain. What is he supposed to teach the rich? You teach them not to be arrogant, not to set their hopes, but what do they set their hope on? On God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Listen, this is contentment. You don't don't put all your security, I've got enough in the bank. You don't put all your security and I'm competent and capable. If something happens, I will make a way out. You put all your hope and confidence in God, not your stuff, not your ability in him and his provision. Who's rich and kind and gracious. Then he says this in verse 18, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. And this phrase that we almost saw in Matthew chapter six, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good fortune for the future. Remember that phrase, Uh, Seek first the kingdom of God so they may take hold of that which is truly life. Here's the challenge for me. When we talk about give us this day our daily bread. Listen, we're really needy and God really provides. But my concern for us in this room is will we be a people who become arrogant in our ability and in our stuff? Or will we be a people that put all of our confidence in God? You want to wreck your prayer life? Be self-sufficient. You, you want to never need God and never feel like you have this need for him? Then put all your confidence in your stuff and in your ability. But listen, when, when you realize how uncertain that is, how fragile it is, how you could lose it all just like that. Listen, that's the thing that makes us pray. 
God, give me this day my daily bread. So I don't, I don't know what your needs would be today. But I pray this for every single one of us, that we would realize that we really do need him, that he really does provide, and that he'd protect us from being arrogant and cocky people that don't feel like we need him at all. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I want to guide us in a time of response. Listen, right there in your seat, I, I want to remind you of the good news. The good news is no, no matter how arrogant you've been or self-sufficient, the good news is that no matter um, how much you felt independent from God, the good news is that even though we're needy, God sent his son to die on the cross for us, even when we were arrogant. And he says, listen, I, I plan to meet your needs by sending my son to die on the cross and he paid the penalty for our sin. And he says, listen, I, I want to adopt you and make, make you my son or daughter. Listen, if you've never placed your trust in Jesus, if you've lived a life of independence and arrogance and self-sufficiency, if, if for you, you, you don't actually, you've never seen a need for a savior, listen, the call today is to place your trust in him as savior because your money will not save you. Listen, for some of you here, you've placed your trust in Jesus and the, the thing that stands out is when we talk about giving us our daily bread, we've just never felt needy a day in our life. And it's made us arrogant, self-sufficient. Listen, if that's been you, I, I wanna call you to repent. Just ask God to forgive you and help him to let you see your need. Maybe for some of you, uh -huh, you've actually felt the needs. You, you felt your vulnerability and your weakness. Maybe not financially, but maybe it's been financial. Maybe you felt it in a million different ways. Maybe you're feeling really needy right now. Listen, he said, just ask him. He's a good father that wants to meet your needs. If that's you today, would you just spend some time right there in your seat and just asking him for what it is that you need? And for, for others here in this room, man, God's richly provided. He really has. But that whole idea of contentment, that's evaded you. Listen, if, con if contentment has been something that you've been struggling with, that it's never enough, there's never satisfaction. We just take a moment and just ask him for contentment. In a moment, I'm gonna close this in prayer and we're gonna take a moment to respond to God. Uh, these, this altar will be open if you need to pray and, and talk with God about whatever it is he's been doing in your heart. We'll have decision counselors and pastors down front. You can speak to us as well if you would want. For the rest of us, we'll just be singing praises to a God who's provider, for a God who uh, wants us to be satisfied with our daily bread. For God who gives us contentment and a new heart, we'll be singing praises to him. But if you need to do business with God, this altar would be open and some of us will be down front. Let me take a moment and pray for us here. Heavenly Father, God, we, we come to you and we confess everything in our culture and our backgrounds tells us to not be needy. So God, we've, we've masked our neediness and we hide it. 
But God, we really do need you. God, I pray that we would see that all the time. God, I pray we'd be amazed at our need and amazed at your provision. God, I'm praying we'd be content. God, I'm praying we'd be people that would pray all the time in worship of you, but we would not hesitate to run to you with all of our neediness and all of our anxiety and all of our worries. God, I pray we'd be people that would run to you and not feel hesitant to come to you for our needs, even the need of contentment. And I pray you'd be worshiped today as we remember that. And I pray that all in Jesus' name, amen.